0: Welcome to Platypod, the official podcast of the Committee for the Anthropology of Science, Technology and Computing. I'm Anna Carolina and I'm your host. For this episode, we are doing things a little differently, and we'll read a story that I wrote earlier this year. This is a story about the public funding of artificial intelligence in the US and how that's a feminist issue. I asked Aman Aga, a scholar and researcher in women, gender and sexuality at Oregon State University to read this story for us.
1: AI as a Feminist Issue by Ana Carolina Diasis Nunes. A quick search for the word, quote, librarian, end quote, on Google reveals images upon images of women holding books amongst big shelves, attending to patrons, reading stories for children, or stocking bookshelves. Librarian is one of those professions that, like many others, such as nurse and secretary, have been associated with the female world. If this text is about AI, you might be asking why I'm writing about libraries and librarians. But as scholars Sophia Noble and her algorithms of oppression and Monica Weston more recently have shown, what most people in Western countries usually understand as the internet and what fuels the data collection of digital information that fuels generative artificial intelligence, such as ChatGPT, was first started in the 1970s by groups of librarians in different universities across the U.S. who designed systems for distributing knowledge through online networked computers, what back then just meant establishing a real-time connection between a mainframe computer and a terminal. Women, who were called computers themselves, used to also work at NASA and other agencies, calculating complex numbers and routes that would eventually take humans to the moon, as shown by scholars Catherine D'Ignazio and Lauren F. Klein. Sociologist Anthony Elliott writes that in the early 80s, U.S. governmental agencies shifted their funding away from rockets and radar towards supercomputers, machine learning, and AI. The period of the Cold War is when the U.S. Department of Defense, DOD, first started funding research groups across the U.S. on the then-new field of artificial intelligence, A.I. Back then, as it is now, A.I. was considered a question of national security, and as such, the American government made sure that through the U.S. DOD, funding was getting to the best research groups at the time. The term artificial intelligence had been created years before in 1956, when a small group of male scientists met at Dartmouth University for a summer research project on AI. Those early AI researchers came eventually to be known as the forefathers of AI, in the Americas at least, since in Europe, Alan Turing had already experimented with replicating the human mind in machinic systems. Computer scientist Melanie Mitchell has written about what has informally been known as the AI winter, when the U.S. DoD stopped funding AI projects for short periods of time during the 70s and 80s, especially because research groups were overpromising and couldn't deliver what they said they would. But as the researcher Elliot has also shown, these AI winters were often short-lived, especially because other AI research groups were soon able to convince the department to fund their projects. The privileged focus often given to the events in Dartmouth and even to Turing's, quote, imitation game, end quote, is one of the many possible ways of telling stories about AI. By choosing to look at the funding from the American government to this field, I aim to tell a different story about AI, a history that, as feminist theorist Sarah Ahmed writes, brings to the forefront the conditions of existence of this specific reality. The case of AI is just like the history of the internet, as Harvard's historian of science professor Dr. Naomi Oreskes recently published, and just like that, when it comes to AI, quote, it was the government and not the private sector that took the initial risks. The key participants were not disruptors, end quote, but they were, quote, seasoned professionals working inside established institutions, end quote. Still nowadays, AI research and development in the U.S. is largely subsidized by the country's government. The U.S. Department of Defense still directs millions to research projects, especially ones with real-world applications and projects that further help to develop and modernize the military. While the National Science Foundation with some of its focus on academic research, also funds experimental projects that do not always produce technologies that would be conventionally applicable to reality. But if that's the case, why, when we think about AI, our thoughts go directly to Silicon Valley? Why do we think about venture capital firms and CEOs like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and others? The interest in telling stories that give priority to individual efforts reveals a narrative that prioritizes meritocracy. Discourses focusing on solitary disruptors developing new technologies aim to generalize the idea that innovation is only possible in a private context and that the government is lagging behind and can't keep pace with modern transformations, especially in the tech sector. This discourse also aims to avoid and criticize regulation, since the industry allegedly needs freedom to experiment with products and technologies that, more often than not, cause more harm than good to society. But only when it's in the CEO's and disruptors' interests, because when it's not, they can all come together to request an AI moratorium, where no one can develop technology in the field. Stories that focus on the success of single individuals are a way of not disclosing that innovation can develop in many contexts, as Dr. Oreskes writes. In the same way that the history of computation has completely erased women's contribution from its past, obscuring the funding of this field that is now associated with Silicon Valley and the private sector is a way of pretending every technological development is only the fruit of individual efforts of single individuals, mostly males who can save the world from problems they've created themselves. In a way, what we now understand as AI is the fruit of the collaboration of different persons, nationalities, and ways of thinking, being, and existing in the world. AI couldn't exist today if it wasn't for the essential funding from the U.S. government through its different agencies which have considered AI since its inception in the last century as a strategic field to the country. Feminism urges us to bring to the forefront the conditions that make our existence possible. Looking at the history of state funding of AI is a way of acknowledging that today's AI industry would not be possible if it weren't thanks to the government funding and that this field ultimately does not exist Thanks to the work of a single man or investor.
0: We welcome any feedback that you may have on this episode or the podcast more broadly. Feel free to contact us at platypod at castac.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on any platform that you use to listen to your podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to us today.